0: If this episode went up on July 5th, then I did exactly what I set out to do, so please congratulate me, gas me up. And what I mean by all that is that I have this rule for myself where I am not allowed to listen to anything new until I have posted the latest podcast episode. So getting this up on the 5th was essential because on the 6th, Bring Me the Horizon uh, are releasing the new single Strangers and Cold Rain are dropping the brand new album Non-Negative. Um, both of those are priorities for myself, so it is the important that I get to hear them right when they release. V the, v important. Um, so yeah, July 5th, great. Uh, what's on this episode? It's actually kind of a light week, but there's definitely a lot of quality to this uh minimal quantity per se so we've got brand new singles from the likes of cold rain um slowly slowly outlining color a few i want to get to and then brand new records from chief state and mothica so yeah thanks everyone enjoy this episode I think as most of y'all have seen by now, the meme that completely engulfed social media last week was the treatment of the new Minions movie and some of the practices related to it, such as going to see the movie in a full suit. And honestly, I think it's pretty based, um, not just because it looks funny, but also because of the strays that Morbius has been catching through all this, like at the service level. There's not a lot to distinguish either movie just in terms of the meme culture surrounding them, yet none of that translated to any sort of financial benefit for Morbius. Like, the meme was about not going to see that movie, whereas Minions is doing numbers right now because of the memes, so yeah, I I don't really know where I was supposed to go with this, I just wanted to mention Minions because it's funny as fuck, honestly, and i Definitely fuck with the memes. Um, I also wanted to just quickly make a shout out related to the world of pro wrestling because this was a big deal and when good things happen to good people, it should be recognized. Liv Morgan, you are fucking awesome and deserve every accomplishment and acclaim that you have to your name. Please keep going because it cannot be emphasized enough the positive impact that you are having on so many people's lives. Um... And one more tangential side note before getting into the music, because I I remember something right now and it irked me and whatever, um, it's about sneakers, which is a giant hobby of mine. The Jordan 3 Fire Reds, Jordan 1 Stealth, and Jordan 1 Yellow Toes were all delayed and have thus contributed to my supervillain origin story that is ever-growing, but, you know, whatever, I'll be okay eventually. Uh, Anyways, yeah, music, I guess that's what y'all are here for, right? Uh, so, looking at the singles last week, the number one ranked song for scenic overlooks this past weekend came from Cold Rain, and it is called Bloody Power Fame. Uh, two notes about this single. It is off of Non Negative, which is the new Cold Rain album that I mentioned earlier. Uh, that drops on July 6th, so probably by the time any of you guys listen to this episode, the record is already out, so go ahead and stream it. Um, and this song also serves as the opening theme for Bastard Heavy Metal Dark Fantasy, which is a readaptation of an anime from the 90s. Um, that opening was the first time I heard this song, or at least it's like a snippet of it, and it fucking delivers as part of that. Like, it it is such an anime-esque song, and that's not surprising from Cold Rain, considering the work they've done with anime in the past, such as on Fire Force. Um, sonically, the song feels fucking epic. It's fast-paced and energetic. The chorus is insanely catchy and has, like, such a... Uh, I I guess like a triumphant feel to its nature, so in that sense, it works incredibly well as both the soundtrack to Bastard as well as just being a really, really, really good song that only ramps up the anticipation that I already had for non-negative. Outline and Color back with a brand new single called Quicksand featuring Michael Swank from Fox Era. I've spoken about Outline and Color in the past on this show, but for myself, the best memories that I have with this band predate the establishment of Ulterior. Um, I feel like part one of Imposter Syndrome, which was the two-part EP by Outline and Color, uh, that part has aged almost significantly better than part two, and I'm not really crazy about any of their covers. So to get Quicksand and to have the instant admiration for it that I do, that was honestly one of the scene's biggest W's last week, and then factor in Michael, who I think is perfect no matter what project he's on, whether it's Michael Relocate or Fox Era, he is an astounding talent, and his inclusion near the outro of Quicksand elevates the track even higher. Um, this is and Color operating at their best. This is what they sound like when they're at the top of their fucking game, and I can't emphasize enough just like how much more material from Outland and Color of this magnitude I need in my life uh, slowly, slowly have a brand new record coming out in November that is fucking centuries away, feels like, um, but they did release the title track for the record, it is called Daisy Chain. I was heavily sleeping on the prior singles for Daisy Chain, and then the title track came around and fucking beat my ass, dog. Like Joey Chestnut choking out that protester type shit. Um, the summer vibes to this track are never ending and give off this, like, um, I don't know, it's like a sensation that's kind of hard for me to really try and put into words. Um, like, I would say just listen to the chorus of this song and the way every element of the band comes together. It is completely fucking mental um like that little guitar melody in the background that thing is deeply rooted into my brain and it has been since i first heard this song it is an immensely successful outing by slowly slowly and like immediately from hearing this song daisy chain the record on november 4th i believe it is one of the biggest things to look out for this coming fall season for music brand new single by cemetery sun it is called break me down I talked about this band's most recent album, Ascension, last October, but admittedly, it was one of those records that got lost in the sea of everything going on around it because it dropped in between like Ice Nine Kills and Dying Wish and Don Broco and other things that did make my top 50 for 2021. But I actually really did fuck with Ascension and I can't say much differently about Break Me Down. I think this track gives off some vibes similar to the Linkin Park inspired acts of recent years. So like Danger Kids, for example, but maybe with a bit more of a mainstream alternative rock feel to its production and vocal delivery. Um it, It's just such an easy song to get lost in and nod your head to. And it would have been on the higher end of tracks from Ascension had it been part of that. The final single that I'll be giving its own spotlight to with this episode comes from Ocean State Alaska, it is called New Dawn. I believe this is the second single for the band since uh, James Harrison came back into the fold towards the end of 2020. Uh, That song, Metamorph, I was quite fond of, and it's basically the same story with New Dawn. Um, Very short track. I think it's like a minute 40, minute 50, somewhere around that range, and it just fucking punches you in the face every single second. I I wouldn't have thought any differently of a new Ocean's Alaska single, I wouldn't have expected anything differently, let me say that instead. Um... I would say like Oceans Ate Alaska is one of those bands that maybe I've never like really really gone out of my way to hear material by them or like I've never had them in that like upper echelon like they've never had a uh, like a top 50 single for the year for me a top 30 or 20 record but they're a band that's just always going to be reliable. I know I can always count on Oceans Aid Alaska to deliver something quality, something within the metalcore and deathcore boundary that I will really really get into and Whatever is going to be coming in the future from Oceans of Alaska, I know I'm going to enjoy. These were the remaining singles from last week that I gave either a 4 or a 5 to in the reviews on social media. Honeymoon in Tokyo by Ann Arbor. The Outside by Aviva. And WWM by Borders featuring Dropout Kings. Sleepwalking by Dane. Shade Astray by Animate, Over the Ledge by Kamiata Plus. Stargazing by Keepsake. High by Leto featuring Derek. Earthshaker by Miss Mayai. Jealousy by Pale Waves, Runnin' by Riley, Jealousy by Sick Brain, and Time Bomb by Two Friends featuring Modson. There was one song that I gave a 3 out of 5 to, that being Licensed to Match by Nathan James. Um, to me, I just kind of felt like it was a... It, it's a decent attempt at something heavier out of Nathan, but ultimately, I just would much rather hear his other material that's like more rooted in like emo hip-hop than... You know, this, for example. But still, I I commend him for trying something different. It just wasn't really for me, I think. And having gone through all that, that leaves me with the only two records from last week for me to talk about. Uh, and they're two very, very exciting records, and I was immensely looking forward to both of them all throughout the last few weeks. Uh, I'm gonna go ahead and start with the one that I actually rated higher than the other, and that is going to be Waiting for Your Colors by Chief State. I actually had not heard of chief state prior to this year um they had an ep in 2020 called tough love which i've not listened to yet but coming off of my experience with waiting for your colors i don't see why it wouldn't be a priority of mine whenever i have some downtime um so so my journey with this record began with burning out i don't remember how i came across it and it wasn't the lead single so i was late somewhat to the cycle but regardless I was very, very happy to have found Burning Out when I did, because it remains one of my favorite pop-punk songs of the year. I remember just being, like, so taken aback and so astounded by what I was hearing, and I was just like, this is fucking phenomenal. Like, it's not just contemporary pop-punk, it has, like, so much, uh, aggression from, like, uh, or maybe not aggression, but, like, a, a little bit of, like, an angst and an edge to it that I wouldn't necessarily put into, uh, the same category as other contemporary pop-punk bands, maybe like State Champs, for example. Um, Chief State did a good job with Burning Out of separating themselves from the pack, and that is what I loved so much about it. Um, and to an extent, the same thing happened with 22 Reasons, which was the next single that I got to listen to. Um, 22 Reasons, it slows things down, kind of, at least compared to Burning Out. But it just has like this weight to it that also made it one of those songs where I can get lost in and just kind of like be in awe and marvel at what chief state were about to do with waiting for your colors and those reasons were uh, like why i was so anticipatory of this record And, and factoring in those elements i think i can get my overall statement about waiting for your colors out of the way now this record doesn't change the face of pop punk or anything like that but i think it's an energizing shot to the genre that puts chief state in an elite category Every song has something memorable about it, and that's capped off with one of the best one-two punches I've seen close out an album all year. That being the combination of Kills the Love, Haunts the Free, and Sakura, Kills the Love slows down things a lot, and... The emotion that is packed into it is fucking tremendous and just heart aching at the same time. My back against the wall, I'm searching for your voice, not a memory in sight, laid around your empty room. These days, alone inside this house, inside my head, are you watching me, do you know my path? Guys, I love this song so, 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 so goddamn much, and I have kept my listening time to it at a minimum since getting this record because of how much it stings and the memories and visuals that flood my brain while I'm listening to it. And it is very, very triggering. I'm going to say that now. It is such a a, a deeply cutting song, but it's a song that I know when I need to hear something like this, Kills of Love is going to mean the fucking world to me. And I both cannot wait for that moment and also I very much so dread that moment at the same time. Um, and, and to go from that song into Sakura definitely felt like Chief State kind of holding my hand and guiding me through all of this while assuring me that things were going to be fine. Um, Sakura is more in alignment with the, um, I guess like the standard pop punk style that Chief State utilized with the song like Burning Out. Um, It's sort of fast paced. It's very catchy, very energetic. I love what Sakura is doing in the moment of closing this record. Um, It's just the perfect way to end things. And um, it also has like some callbacks to other tracks from the album, such as Burning Out. Since the bridge of Sakura brings back the hook, I'm finding out that it's only getting harder. It is the most apropos way this album could have closed out, and I cannot stop raving about the sequence that concluded things here. There is so much life and fulfillment to the other tracks like Continental Drift and Wasting Away, which both embody pop punk without falling into any of the genre's tropes to the point where I can justify lumping chief state into their own category and like i said they're not state champs they're not neck deep they're not the story so far they're not the wonder years they're nobody not between you and me fucking whoever else in pop punk is like thriving right now chief state they're their own act they are their own band they have their own sound do they take some stuff from other bands sure but they utilize these elements in a way that just makes them so fucking unique to themselves and no matter what mood i am in There is something on this record for me. If I want a stellar pop-punk banger, let me bump drown and just feel fucking good right now. If I want to cry, Kills of Love is going to catch me when I'm falling. A lot about this record just speaks to me and speaks volumes. Do I think it's perfect? Not right now. And I want to emphasize that, not right now. I went with a 9.5 instead of a 10 because I think... For as much as I love this record, there's still room for it to grow on me. I don't think I have found my full and complete utmost appreciation for Waiting for Your Colors just yet. There is still that chance that this record grows on me, and that is fucking scary, guys, because I already adore this record and feel like I would go to the world's ends to defend it. Chief State earned this acclaim from me. They earned every bit of praise that I am giving them, and I cannot stress this enough, guys. If you want something that is like you know almost heads and shoulders above a lot of things in pop punk right now check out chief state check out waiting for your colors this record fucks i actually kept that kind of short that was crazy uh maybe i can do the same thing for the next album nocturnal by mothica I knew of Mothika before this record cycle, and I always had an admiration for what she was doing, but maybe not necessarily an attachment. But really, all it was going to take for me to latch onto Mothica and sing her praises to all of you was just one single that could paint the clear picture that this woman is fucking magnificent, and that came in January with Casualty. I can safely say that coming out of Nocturnal, Casualty is still my favorite song Mothika has ever put out. And just to keep it a stack with all of you, it is one of my favorite songs all decade so far from any artist of any genre. Like, uh, okay, just to be more honest and transparent with all of you guys, kind of breaking the fourth wall type shit. um, At the end of this year, when I do the top 100 songs of season two for Ulterior, if Casualty is not like a top 30 or 20 song, then... I, the the amount of just fucking god-tier go to shit that other bands would have had to put out for that to be possible is fucking uh, uh, asinine i i can't even imagine that being a real scenario um Mothka was in her fucking bag with this album. She's a star, like I feel like that's more than evident to anyone who comes across her music and listens to even a few seconds of whatever is playing. Some of the material on Nocturnal, I hope it follows her for the rest of her career. I hope these are songs that become set staples and people just recognize instantly as being Mothka while respecting the weight that her name now carries some of the songs i can point out as being suitable nominees for those staple spots i just mentioned are bedtime stories and back of my mind bedtime stories made it into scenic overlook a few weeks ago but it did so during a week where i took a break from the podcast so i've not yet had the opportunity to explain this track and gas it the fuck up to all of you bedtime stories has such a chilling tone to its production and the volume at which Mothica delivers the verses only adds to that ominous feeling. And once it breaks out into the chorus, the song just reaches new heights and it becomes comparable to something like Casualty, in my opinion. Back of My Mind does something similar a little bit, but the chorus has a bit of a pop-your-tone going for it, and I still think it is a sound that Mothica absolutely bodies. Um, the highlights of this record are just that highlights and highlight the stellar qualities that I think Mothica is presenting here. Um, Songs like Absinthe and The Reckoning, the latter featuring Bolivia, only further the talent that is cl- so clearly oozing from Mothica. It, somehow, fuck, I just realized this, I didn't even mention the song that's literally called Highlights when going through what I believed were Nocturnal's highlights, but uh, that's another area where the record excels and that song highlights is becoming more and more addictive for myself with additional listens. So, if I'm praising the record this much, why a 9? Why not a 9.5 or even a 10? Because there's a lot going on here and I don't know if the moments that I would have let breathe have all the time in the world to do just that. Um, some of my favorite songs on this record are within the 2 minute range. Casualty is 238, Bedtime Stories 208, Absinthe 226, and so on. Um, I, I hope I'm making sense and you guys can understand my point. As much as I like the interludes and some other songs here like Last Cigarette and Blood, I wouldn't have been opposed to those songs maybe being cut from the record if it meant allocating more time to the tracks where I felt like Mothica was batting 100 as opposed to like a 95 or something per se. Um, but I I don't want that sentiment to take away from what was achieved here. This is a really, 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 really good solid piece of work that I hope Mothica is proud of. I hope her fan base has waited for this record. They are proud of it. I know I'm proud of her for what she put out here. Um, but like I said, songs here, casualty, absinthe, bedtime stories, these are going to be part of me for a long fucking time. Like I can't explain what these tracks mean to me. Um, the versatility that I believe is being shown on this record and, and just how outstanding Mothica sounds throughout all of it. There's never a point where I feel like her performance could have been any better. She is a fucking queen all throughout this record. And I just personally don't see how anybody can hear Nocturnal and not at least feel that above all else, this woman is showing through all of these tracks that she is a sensation. She is a star and she has the potential to be a pillar for the scene moving forward. And that's it. That was every album and single for last week that I had to discuss. Um, it genuinely was a light week. I didn't intentionally make it light. Uh, you know, maybe I could have reviewed the Shinedown record, but I didn't really, really have a ton of interest in doing so. So I just decided not to. Um, but yeah, a light week, but really, really good. And I hope everything that I've been saying, you know, the last however many minutes this podcast spanned, it really emphasizes that. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode and, as always, for better or worse, let's make a scene.